In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Oh, the stock market has certainly been crazy over the past year. It may be scary to look at your investments, but what's your biggest fear? On today's show, three scary questions every retiree faces and how to answer them next. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody. and Welcome to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. Glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman. With me today, Teresa Arago and Troy Johnson. Teresa from our Conway, Arkansas office, and mm-hmm. Troy from our Bryant, uh, Conway, our Bryant, Arkansas. <laughs> Bryant Conway. <laughs> Bryant and Conway. He goes everywhere. <laughs> Bryant, Arkansas office. Glad to have you both on board today, representing three different Gen Wealth offices yes. on today's show. As we talk about the three scary questions every retiree faces, a show that could be I guess maybe better suited for a Halloween edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. (laughs) But we are talking about fears. You know, I mentioned at the open there, the the stock market. Certainly a lot of people have fear about investing, especially when we've gone through a time over the last 12 months. But what's your biggest fear? We're going to start off a little playful, though. I looked up some of the most common phobias, Mm -hmm. okay? Some of these really are wild, and I don't want to discount anybody who might suffer from these. Some of them are very real. I might actually... Uh, definitely relate to them. Maybe you do too. But what do you think some of the most common phobias are? We've heard of arachnophobia. I knew that one would yeah, be on that's there. That's on the top. I don't know anybody who right? doesn't love who. Yeah. Yeah. Now there are seven on here, and I believe they are in alphabetical order. So this is not necessarily a ranking. But arachnophobia, of course, the fear of spiders. Claustrophobia, a mm-hmm. very common one. I think I probably can relate to that one on some levels uh you know when i'm on a plane for a really long time it's not for me it's my tight. legs being trapped yeah if i have to put my, like anytime my legs are trapped even on a like on a blanket in my house if someone does like that on opposite sides and traps my legs i start uh-huh. panicking uh-huh. that's that's probably that's <laughs> there may be another name for that but we'll go with claustrophobia the fear of smaller enclosed spaces what do you oh so those are the two that i think you'd probably get how about the other ones you got any other guesses on some common phobias you don't have to have the name for them because nobody remembers that but what's a common fear i'm gonna go snakes yep that's mm. one and flying that's got to be one right it is not not on the not list because really. that's on the only them. other one i could come up with no the fear of snakes is ophidiophobia oh it's a definitely the longest of phobia name <laughs> all right so another one how about this dentophobia any idea Teeth? Oh, the dentist or fear being bit denti- fear the dentist yeah oh my <laughs> real deal all right, and yeah, I guess you'll get this one: hydrophobia. Yeah, fear of water. Fear of water. Now, this is interesting. Where it, on this website it says this phobia is also a symptom of a rabies infection. Now, how about that? You the get a rabies, hydrophobia. Yes, you have. It's a symptom. So, if you get a rabies infection, you are prone to hydrophobia. That's huh. very interesting to me. All right, so misophonia or misophonia. I may be pronouncing That's that wrong. Fear of miso soup. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Fear of germs. Okay. Okay, and the last one, I mean, since we're, you know, we have other things to do. Somniophobia. Fear of sleeping? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Hmm. So there are some phobias out there for sure that maybe they don't affect you, but what is your biggest fear? Well, a survey by Zeddy found that 40% of Americans cite retirement as a fear worse than death. 
Now let that sink in. And we've said it before on the show, but year in and year out, it doesn't matter what year you quote, that survey finds that. Mm -hmm. 47% of those surveyed, a retirement fear is perceived as worse than the fear of poor health. So let's kind of dive into that. Obviously, fear is a reasonable reaction to the concept of life without a paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about that, we, we work with retirees here at GenWealth every day as they are walking up to that and making that decision. And we can see that when they first come in. Maybe not fear always, but certainly troubled, concerned. Yes. How are they going to do it? The real concern is the unknown. Uh, you know, the process of accumulating your assets and working, that's known. That's something you're comfortable with, that you've had some practice at, and hopefully some success with as well. But the whole dynamic changes when you're ready to retire. And there are a lot of factors that can be blind spots for people. Mm-hmm. And I think they're aware that they exist, but they're not sure what they are. Right. So it just feels overwhelming. Yeah. I think there are a lot of rules around mm-hmm. retirement when it comes to the accounts, Troy. I mean, taxes, uh, penalties, RMDs, all those things come into play. Yeah. There's a lot of things you have to take into consideration when you're going to retire. And it, obviously, it's something new. It's something you've never done before. And that's that in itself is a fear for a lot of people, just doing something that you've never done before. Right. It is really more that side of it, I think, than the dollars and cents even. It's the mm-hmm. reality of going, I'm not going to work anymore. How am I going to spend my time? I mean, there's so many things. We don't have to list them, and that's not what this show is about. What are the fears? We do want to take three scary questions every retiree faces and kind of present those to you in a different way. Because I think the the jumping off point for us today should really be, it, it's a lot about mindset. Mm-hmm. Right, the mindset you go into retirement with affects your emotional uh, response to thinking about life without a paycheck. As Teresa mentioned, you may have been very good at accumulating wealth. Right, I think if people, especially two spouses who have two good jobs with two employer plans that have matched their uh, contribution dollars for decades and they've put it into a growth investment, they've likely done quite well. Mm-hmm. They've reached the finish line. But it's the now what mentality of I have X amount of dollars that I've saved. It's taking me taking me a lifetime to do it. What does it really mean? So our first uh, jumping off point, three scary questions or three scary thoughts, maybe. They may mm-hmm. not even be posed as questions. I'm afraid I'll lose my money. Yeah. Right. That's that's a big fear for retirees. When they walk up to retirement, they've accumulated, and now they don't want to see those balances go down. And what this usually looks like is someone coming in the meeting room, and and you may have walked in and you're thinking, you're getting close to retirement, I've got to safeguard my money. I think we hear that a lot. I've got to safeguard my money. I don't need risk. I'm walking into retirement. But there's more to that dynamic than just protection when you're entering retirement. You're not using every dollar day one. So you need a strategy that includes your lifetime in retirement, not just that first year. That's something that that is pretty common for somebody to come in. And if you're listening to the show right now, you may be entering into retirement. And something that we see all the time is, uh, you know, a potential client comes into the office and they've moved all of their money, Mm -hmm. kind of what you're alluding to, to here, Teresa. They've moved all of their money into some ultra conservative investment. But when you said you're not going to use, you know, all of your money on day one of retirement, what that means is there's a portion of that retirement savings that you're not going to use for, you know, 15 plus years into retirement. So it doesn't make sense to take that part of your money and move it over to something that's going to have very little earning potential for the next 30 plus years of your life. 
another dynamic we see is using those kind of timed retirement funds that are an asset allocation. And usually they're called like a target retirement fund and it's got a date attached to it. And one thing we see a lot of is people using those and using their actual retirement date as that target date. But what they don't realize is the bond exposure drastically increases as that gets closer to its deadline. Yeah. And I think that I think the the mindset shift here that needs to take place is you can't think of retirement as a stop sign mm-hmm. when it comes to your investments. You know, that's the way I think retirees typically feel is you may feel this way too. If I've accumulated all this wealth and now it's time to put the brakes on, full stop and not take on any more risk because I've got to preserve now. And the preservation part of that is correct, but how you do it matters. And you can't take on more risk by seemingly avoiding risk in the market instruments or the the types of investments that you've made over your lifetime that would have generally put your principal at risk. So don't think of retirement from an investment perspective as a stop sign. Mm -hmm. Think of it more as a yield sign. And really, we've talked about this before. It's a red zone, the retirement red zone going inside the 20-yard line in a football game. In between the 20s, you're a little more wide open. You've yeah. got more space to operate. You can throw the long pass. When you're inside the 20-yard line, the play calling changes. So even more specifically, rather than just a stop sign versus a yield sign, it really is a complete change in dynamic of how your investment strategy should look. But to Teresa's point, it can't be all risk off the table. Correct. And you may have been a great manager of your assets during your accumulation years. As Scott mentioned earlier, the process of accumulating is just about focus and staying on it. But as you're nearing retirement, do you want to trade your full-time job to be a full-time analyst? Um, You know, you may be sitting there going, but I've accumulated these funds on my own. Why do I need someone to help me in retirement? Well, did you retire to sit and watch the stock market every day and worry Mm. about the ups and the downs? Or would you like a strategy that helps you manage that over time? I would encourage you, too, to think about what are you going to utilize those assets for, Mm -hmm. right? When you think about, okay, here's how I'm investing, but are you going to draw from those investments? I think a lot of people uh, that we talk with when they come in and they they are coming in to to receive help from a financial advisor, but their mindset is, I have my social security, Mm -hmm. I have my wife's social security, I have potentially a pension in play, that's what I'm going to live on, and my life savings over here are just in case. That it's yes. a just in case retirement. I'm only going to tap in case of an emergency or maybe even in case of some fun that I want to have. But I would encourage you to change that mindset into what if you had a robust, definitive monthly income mm-hmm. plan on paper on purpose that distributes you a defined amount of income every month from your investments. And I think it helps you create guardrails. You know, one thing that successful accumulators tend to have is a fear of spending. You know, you've done such a good job saving that seeing that balance change down really causes some anxiety. But if you knew, okay, within these boundaries, I could spend this money and be in good shape in 20, 30 years, I I can imagine that retirement being much more robust. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a client, Janet and I, that they were going to go to Hawaii. We were so excited for them. And they were kind of penny pinching this trip. They were thinking about, you know, well, we don't, Janet had been and she mentioned a few things. They go, well, that sounds expensive. And she said, you guys can afford to do this. And this may be a once in a lifetime opportunity. And we went through their plan and reminded them of their income. And and they came back from the trip and said, oh, we're so glad 
that you encouraged us to do this because it was such a wonderful experience for them. And that's that's the biggest benefit to having a plan. It shows you what you can do mm-hmm. in retirement, not what you can't do. And we have clients that come in and, and like we're talking about, they have a lump sum of assets, but they're scared to use it right. mm-hmm. because they're scared it's going to go away. Yep. Well, a plan shows you this is how much you can use and not have to worry about it. Yeah. So if that's you, if you're afraid, if you're walking up close to retirement, you're afraid you're going to lose your money because of investment risk or because of spending, uh, overspending, that highlights the need for a plan. And then one thing we haven't talked to as we finish this up, if you're afraid you're going to lose your money and you, as Troy kind of alluded to, when we see people come in, especially when you have a year like we did last year in the stock market and they know they're about to retire soon, that fear drives them to take all risk off the table. We've seen people with 80 to 90 to 100 percent of what they've saved over the course of their lifetime mm-hmm. in fixed income or in a money market account, right? Or in a, an interest-bearing account. The risk there, you're taking one risk off the table, but you're trading it for another because, oh, by the way, inflation is going to eat and erode that buying power. Those accounts are never going to keep up with inflation. And the reality is that if you are going to take money out, right? If you're going to take $1,000 a month out now, in 15 years, that needs to be $2,000 just to buy the same goods and services. Correct. It's about maintaining your dignity and independence over the long haul. All right. So that is uh, a fear number one. You know, and, and I would we didn't mention this, but a quick Google search can really get you in trouble here, too. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we need to point this out, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. you, can, you can search how you should be investing. You know, if you're afraid you're going to lose your money, you're worried about how your investment strategy should look in retirement, and you go to Mr. Google, you might find something like this. At age 60 to 69, consider a moderate portfolio, 60% stock, 35% bonds, 5% cash slash cash instruments. When you're 70 to 79, moderately conservative should be the way to go, right? 40% stock, 50% bonds, 10% cash or cash instruments. And then 80 and above, 20% stock, 50% bonds, 30% cash and cash investments. Okay, so that's that's your answer from Mr. Google. Let's let's pick that apart just a little bit, okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, that's a one-size-fits-all approach, right? Okay, yeah. you, you get that. Everybody got that. The next guy that Googles that's going to get the same. And your income needs are going to be different than the guy who Googles it next. Not to mention the market is ever-changing. Yeah. So those investments, think about last year in the bond market. Yeah. If you had so much, I've got bond portfolios that did worse than my growth portfolios last year mm. because of all the interest rate hikes. So if you... If you aren't paying attention to where the market is and individualizing that for your circumstances, there's a lot of risk that you're taking on, in my opinion. Yeah. You think about that, Troy. Last year, if you followed this, age 60 to 69, a moderate portfolio, 60% stock, 35% bonds, 5% cash. The cash would have held up, but the everything bo- it, else was ev- down. Everything yeah. else was down. It was one of the worst years on record for 60-40. Right. Yeah. So that just goes back to having a plan that, that takes into consideration those years where the market just doesn't look good, whether it's your bonds, your stocks, whatever investments you have, and a plan that makes sure that in those times it doesn't impact your income. Again, we understand fear a perfectly reasonable reaction to the concept of life without a paycheck, but it really requires a mindset shift. If you are afraid you're going to lose your money and are worried about your investment strategy, the plan can help answer that. Uh, thinking of retirement as not a stop sign when it comes to your investments, but a yield sign. And the game does need to change, but it is not a full stop. All right. The second scary question or second uh, thing that can really uh, make retirees fearful about retirement is, do I have enough to retire? Or, I think and, that's the most common question we get yep. is, how much do I need? 
And I always feel a little bit uneasy when people ask that only because I have to give them an answer that feels a little bit off when I'm going, well, it depends. Right. There are a lot of questions that we get asked in the room that I have to go, well, it depends. Because one of the things I say is, you know, do you want to retire and go to Paris, Arkansas? Do you want to retire and go to Paris, France? Because that retirement looks totally different. Right. That number is not a one size fits all. And I've seen commercials where they have people with these like floating numbers over their heads. And it kind of makes me crazy because it acts like if you reach a certain number, you're going to be set no matter what. Right. And that may exist. It'd be an awful high number for it to be a no matter what. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yep. You're not constrained at all. You can do whatever you want to mm-hmm. do. But it does, again, going back to the mindset uh, concept here today, if you're fearful, wondering if you have enough to retire, do you have a plan? Do you mm-hmm. have a plan that answers that question? Because it is not a magic number. I think we've had clients uh, in our meeting rooms here as well that come in and they do have a preconceived notion about, you know, I want to reach that million dollar plateau. And it's a feel good moment, right? Mm-hmm. To know you become a millionaire. And that's great. I mean, it's good to have a goal. But what does that million dollars really do for you? I've had a couple come in and said we need $3 million and they probably overshot it a little bit. But that's what made them feel good. But this has to be more than a feeling process. The feelings is what gets you into trouble in the first place with fear because you are it is so uncertain it is so unknown so let's change the mindset to thinking rather than about account balances do mm-hmm. i have enough into what do i need and want to spend in retirement yeah, so the, instead of a balance we're looking at income right i was about to say it's it, the real question is do i have enough income to retire yeah and i can give you an example here think about somebody that might have $100,000, $150,000 saved in their 401k. They might have no debt, a great pension. Maybe they have two pensions. We've seen that a lot mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, like retired police officers. A lot of times they'll have a couple of pensions um, and no debt, not major expenses. And the pension and social security that they get, you know, that's enough to cover everything they need every month. They don't even need to draw on that $100,000 that they have saved. You know, in our book, that's a great retirement because they don't have to worry every month. Yeah. Their bills are paid. They're able to do what they want to do. They're, they don't have much to worry about as far as finances go. And then on the other hand, you could have somebody that has a few mm-hmm. million dollars saved for retirement, but their, their expenses are so high and they want so much every single month and their portfolio doesn't support that. You know, in, my, in our opinion, the person that has $100,000 saved for retirement is better off than that person that has multiple millions. And I see this a lot with business owners who don't take care of themselves first. You know, as as a business owner, we often see where people's focus is to not pay taxes every year. They want to make as little money on paper so they don't pay taxes. And what happens is when they're ready to retire, do they have a business they can sell? Is the business their mental, you know, capacity to do the job or is it something tangible that they can sell? Because if they've done that where they're writing off all of their income, they might end up with a social security check that is just almost useless. Yeah. So do I have enough to retire? That may be the wrong question to start off asking. It's not about account balances. The outcome is income. The success of your retirement depends on do you have enough assets to provide yourself the income you want and need in retirement. So let's walk through just a quick exercise, and this is really a peek inside of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process because mm-hmm. it's one of the first things we do. First of all, we mentioned Social Security. Both Teresa and Troy did. If your advisor is not talking to you about Social Security as you enter retirement, you need to find a new one because Social Security is a key part to figuring out if you have enough 
to retire. Look at your Social Security statements. You can get those online. You can go to ssa.gov and set up an account for free if you don't already have it. You can look at the estimated benefits at different ages. So if you're thinking about retiring at 62 and trying to decide, should I turn on Social Security at 62 or wait? That is a question that a financial advisor can help you walk through in the planning process. But that is a foundation of your retirement income. It's guaranteed money. You know that it's going to come. And I know people are probably listening going, well, I don't know if it's guaranteed money because it's Social Security and I've heard Social Security is going to run Mm -hmm. out of money. There is, of course, uh, the concern that benefits might be decreased in the future if a solve is not made by the legislature. However, the Social Security system has to continue to issue checks. That's the rule. That's the law. And unless they change that law, which I don't mm-hmm. think any politician is really difficult stupid to enough to do. Elected. Yes, it's not going to happen. So Social Security is going to come to you in some form. What it looks like, how much, that may vary. But you have to plan on what's in front of you. We don't know what's going to happen in the future from that perspective. But take a look at your Social Security. Troy mentioned some people will have a pension. Get a pension estimate uh, from your employer Figure out what your guaranteed income is going to be in retirement. What you know that you know that you know is going to hit your bank account, regardless of what happens in the market. And then what you want to do is take a look at the other side of that balancing scale. What are your expenses going to be in retirement? And here comes the awful word. You're going to have to figure out a retirement budget, right? There are a lot of people who skate in Mm -hmm. to retirement and they have never budgeted in their life. And they've made it. We hit the finish line. We're there. But we're going to have to work through a budget in retirement. Yes, because the difference is in retirement, you can't just go work extra in many cases. And, you know, you could, but it's not always going to be something you want to do. So you want to make sure you have that done. And what we're calling, what we call that process is called the gap analysis. We look at your guaranteed resources. We look at your guaranteed needs and we match those up to see if there's a gap because it is never okay for you to not have enough money to pay your light bill, no matter what the market's doing. It's never okay for you to not have grocery money. That's what we're talking about first in that gap analysis. And then we get into the fun stuff. Once we've taken care of that and we've decided that you're going to be okay there or taken steps to make sure you're okay there, then we can move on to building your financial house. And that's where we get to talk about the fun things you enjoy, your desired spending. We go back to, are you going to Paris, Arkansas? Are you going to Paris, France? And we make a plan for meeting those expenses as well. And those are things, Troy, that can be hard to figure out the desired mm-hmm. income part, right? We've got the retired and in- the required income. We know what we have to have. But when you think about what they want, what a retiree wants, it can be difficult on the on the other side of retirement to figure that out. Yeah, and there's two ways we can go about planning for that. You know, we can sit down and say, okay, some clients know exactly what they want in retirement. They'll say, we have to have $5,000 a month just to pay all the bills, and we'd like another $2,000 a month on top of that to do the fun things that we want to do. A lot of people can't really get to that $2,000 figure in their mind because they they don't know. They've never retired before, so that's, you know, understandable. Um, So what we can do if if you're in that case, if you're in that situation, is we can say, okay, based on the amount of assets that you have accumulated for retirement, we can show you what that desired income number can be. So we can say you're $5,000 a month, you're covered on that as far as your necessities, and based on the amount of assets you've saved for retirement, you could get another two or three thousand dollars per month and not have to worry about running out and then you get to decide what you want to do with that extra every single month. Now one component we should say in that gap analysis just to kind of finish that point we don't want to leave it unsaid is if you don't have 
enough mm-hmm. guaranteed income sources coming to you through Social Security and pensions or whatever your guaranteed income sources are in retirement to meet all of those expenses. Maybe you've got a pretty big mortgage you're going to carry for at least you know part of your retirement. Maybe you've got some bills to pay for. Maybe that's a larger than normal monthly expense. In that case, we do need to fill that gap with mm-hmm. a portion of your assets, only the amount that is needed to generate a guaranteed income stream through a product like an annuity. And of course, that's a whole other show. We can talk about annuities, and that may be something that you bristle at. You, people love them. They hate them. They could be neutral. Very few people are neutral about annuities. Yes. They have an opinion about it. But let's investigate that, talk about that. We'll talk about that in another show. But the reality is you have to have that guaranteed income, but the planning leads the way, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't go in and get, don't put all of your money into an annuity. You need to have liquidity as well. Mm-hmm. But if you need guaranteed income for for uh, to pay your bills in retirement, a portion of your assets may be needed. There simply isn't another tool to meet that goal. You know, a hammer is not a bad tool to have if you need to use it on a nail. But if you're trying to put a screw in the wall, the hammer is not really useful. Um, so it's about having the right tools in general with your plan, but especially in that portion that is covering your required income. So if you have that question, do I have enough to retire? That's how you get the answer. You go through the planning process, you build your required income, you build your desired income, the outcome is income. And then through the planning process, we can reverse engineer back to, are we there yet, right? Mm -hmm. You remember that when you were a kid and you were in the back of the car, back when you didn't have to wear seatbelts and you could probably actually sit in the back glass of the car, you know, and you're (laughs) you're hungry and you're on a seven-year, seven-year, seven-hour, it felt like seven years, seven-hour drive to the the beach vacation. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? That's a question for retirees. Am I there yet? Do I have enough to retire Go through the planning process to find out if you have the income you need and then backtrace to that. And oh, by the way, if you do that planning five years away from when you want to retire, you've got time to do something about it if you're not on track. Mm-hmm. It gives you time to make those adjustments. And the more time you give yourself, the better off you're going to be. So I know we call that last five years the most critical Coming in 10 years early means you've got even more time to make adjustments if needed, or you just have the peace of mind of knowing you're on track. So three scary questions or three scary concepts that every retiree faces. I'm afraid I'll lose my money. We talked about that, the investment side of that. Do I have enough to retire? Our third and final one in the show today is going to sound a little bit similar to the last one, right? We said, do I have enough to retire? This is, will my money last me? Okay, well, and so I think it is different, though, because, you know, when we talk to people about having a legacy portion to their plan, their mm-hmm. income plan, many of them will say, well, I'm not going to live to 90. Right. OK, you might not. You might not. But what if you do? Do you really want to be stuck living off of Social Security? Mm-hmm. No, that's not going to be enough income, especially with inflation and increased medical expenses as you age. So legacy, having enough to not outlive it is just as important. It is a question that I, that I answer in client meeting rooms often by saying, if you give me your date of death, yeah. we can build the perfect <laughs> yes. retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people would like that last check to bounce, right? I just want to run it up to the end and then I'm done. We don't control that. We know that. It's, it's, it's rational to think that way, that we know that we don't know how long we're going to live. So how do you know your money's going to last? So you have to be able to, to battle what is one of the three big risks of retirement, longevity risk. How Mm -hmm. do you be prepared for a long life? I tell people all the time, you may not get that long life, but it is better to plan for a long life and not get it 
than not plan for a long life and get it. Well, and I think that one of the things that just in our industry is advisors are focused on getting you to retirement. Right. Mm-hmm. But at GenWealth, we're going to focus on getting you to retirement. So if you're you know, in your 20s, we can put a plan together for you to accumulate assets. But also, if you're nearing retirement, we're going to put a plan together to get you all the way through retirement and make sure that you know you don't run out of money. That's one of the biggest fears that retirees have is running out of mm-hmm. money at some point. And so, I think that's why we have prioritized retirement income planning with our training as well. I I believe the other day we clarified that every one of our teams has someone on that team who is retirement income certified professional certified, Mm -hmm. which means they've done additional training to understand what you're going to face in retirement and make sure that we're prepared to walk you through that. This is actually a subject that gets studied in academia. That's Mm -hmm. how important it is. Retirement income. So when you think about not running out of money, will it last you? If that's a fear of yours, let's go through how Uh, we should attack that. We've already talked about the guaranteed income streams, right? You're not going to outlive a guaranteed income stream. So that's why it's very important to meet monthly expenses that you have to pay out with guaranteed income. You'll always be able to pay those expenses because the check will always come no matter what happens in the market. But with the additional money and to increase that monthly amount over time, because we know things are going to cost more, your fixed expenses on day one of retirement are going to be more likely when it comes to food and gas because of inflation. So we've got to be able to raise that income, but that comes back to the investment strategy and how do we make sure that you don't outlive that? Well, that is uh, in the ready to retire process at GenWealth, that is the bucketing strategy. We talked Mm -hmm. about it on the investment side that we're going to take some risk off with the money you're spending today, the monthly income you're receiving today, but you have to have the long-term growth laid out in the back end of that strategy through equities, through real estate. Those are two asset classes, the only two asset classes that have historically outpaced inflation. So to get you that raise in income, we need to be invested in asset classes that give us the opportunity to do that. So that's the investment strategy part of that. But when you just go through the line of buckets, let's be very clear about when those buckets are set up to be spent. Yeah, so we're going to take the assets that you've got and divide it into those different buckets. So we'll have a portion of retirement dollars that are meant to be spent in, let's say, the first 10 years of retirement. Well, that money needs to be invested pretty conservatively. Uh, We don't want a lot of market fluctuation because we have to use that money sooner rather than later. Then you think about the money that you're going to spend in, say, years 11 through 15. Now we've got a little bit of time. Not a ton of time, but a little bit of time. Let's try to get a little bit of growth out of that. Let's be a little moderately invested. Uh, And then you've got money that you're not going to use for 16 years plus into retirement. That's a pretty good amount of time in the market. So on that portion of your retirement assets, we can be growth oriented. That's going to help us keep up with inflation and help us to uh, solve some of these risks that we've talked about today. Yeah. Go ahead. And if you didn't catch last week's episode, we we did a whole show on five bombshell truths about the market. And we talked about why we bucket the way that we do more in depth. So that would be a great episode to catch if you're curious about that bucketing strategy. So on the longevity side of that, those buckets really never run out. We talked about Mm -hmm. the age 90. And of course, we're going to evaluate your health uh, history, you know, your family history when it comes to health. uh, If there's a reason to plan 
uh, to a, an age before age 90. But as a general rule, and, and the reason we do this is if, if you are 65 today, if you're a married couple, 65 today, there's a better than 50% chance that one of you is mm-hmm. going to live to age 90. That's statistically out there. So we use 90 as the gauge, but it doesn't mean that at age 90 you have no more, no more money. So let's Correct. talk about how the bucket part uh, works there. That's where we have the longevity piece to it. Even if 90 was your age, which none of our plans are cookie cutter. So even if we use similar timelines, it's not the same investments depending on the investor. But we have that last segment that its job is just to sit and to grow and to focus on growth. Because our hope, if all of the parameters are met, is that at that point, we've planned for you to have a refill bucket. Mm -hmm. Is what I kind of refer to it as. You know, you may not need it. You may end up having to use it for long-term care expenses, but you've got something set aside, some powder dry, for when you reach that point so that you don't get to 90 and go, well, Social Security. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Yep. Um, that's our goal. So when you think about these three questions, as we get ready to wrap up and we're running out of time today on the Get Ready for the Future show, we fear what we don't know. So what do we know? Well, we know generic advice Mm -hmm. can't hold a candle to advice that is specifically and intentionally made for you. Remember the Google search? Don't let your retirement be solved, or at least attempted to be solved, by a Google search. Your account balance is less important than the income you can create and sustain from your assets. Income. Outcome is income when it comes to retirement. Market volatility is a given. We talked about that already today. You have to be able to to strategize investment-wise in a way to prepare for that. And we know inflation is not going away, so you have to have a plan to raise your income in retirement. I'm a little past the bell. It's time for our (laughs) final thoughts. According to my time over there, I wasn't ready for it yet, but Troy, we'll start with you. Yeah, um, I would say it's okay to be concerned about retirement. It's even okay to have a little bit of fear about going into retirement. That's pretty normal. Um, What we believe is that you know, the antidote to that fear is is having a plan. So if you don't already have a retirement income plan and you're within 10 years out from retirement or even in retirement, then let's let's talk, let's sit down and see if we can get a, a good retirement income plan put together for you. And I'm just going to recap the things that we've talked about today. You know, the first thing we talked about was your investment allocation and how it's important to have a diversified investment strategy that is unique to you and your goals. Second thing is your balance. Instead of focusing on a certain lump sum that's just a random goal out there, understand your income needs and create a plan that works for those instead. And then make sure you're investing for the long haul, even in retirement, with a bucketing strategy to get you through all of those years. We know it can be scary. And and fear is a, a, a realistic response to going into life without a paycheck. But you have to be proactive about it. You have to take some steps to determine, am I ready? Do I have the income I want? And you can take a small step. My final thought is to find out if your current strategy will succeed or is likely to succeed. Take the first step today by visiting 15minuteretirement.com. That's the number one five and then spell out minuteretirement.com. Or you can easily text the word checkup to 501-381-5228 to get your free assessment and take the first step toward true financial independence. That's 501-381-5228. And that is all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are always glad to have you along for three scary questions every retiree faces. See you next time. 
Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial. 